This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, everybody. Cheryl from Unleashed. And today I'm honored to have Joe Worley from America's Vet Dogs. Hi, Joe. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, I want to talk about your experience and let our listeners know you're a retired Navy corpsman. Now you're an ambassador for American Vet Dogs. They're out of Smithtown, New York. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I'm from Long Island. I, I know about them, and they do wonderful work. If our listeners would like to donate, what is the website they could go to? And I'll put it on our, our thing when we post. Yeah, outstanding. You can go to vetdogs.org. And if you're a veteran and a first responder or a first responder, you can apply for a dog there as well. We don't charge anything. It's free service. It's wonderful. How long does it take to uh, train a dog? So the dogs initially start out and they go through like a, a prison program, you know, after their initial eight week being a puppy thing. And then so in the prison program, and then sometimes they'll stay in people's homes depending, but the prison program is great. And that usually they do a lot of like individual training, housebreaking, and a fair amount of training actually for about the first 12 months or so, 12 to 15 months. And then the dog will go to a trainer and that's when the custom training individual to every veteran or first responder that applies. The custom training happens for about two months there after the that initial training in the prisons. Now, your dog is Galaxy. Yep. Does he need any like refreshment that he has to, you know, be brought back in? I mean, because things change, right? I mean, in all honesty, you are, other than, you know, sadly losing your leg, you are a very fit person. I, I like to eat. And so I, <laughs> I actually started going to the gym because I was like, look, I'm not going to give up eating. So I might as well do something to sort of curb the, uh, you know, the weight gain because I was gaining weight. I wasn't doing great for a little while there. Um, and I ended up just sort of falling in love with it, realizing that there was like a lot of things in life. There was therapy there, you know, it was therapy in the gym. There was therapy and working and volunteering for the nonprofit. And, uh, and so Galaxy himself has been fantastic. Just like my first dog, Benji, I haven't needed any retraining, but we stay pretty active. I think what happens when people need retraining, their needs change. So if I were to become hard of hearing or or my mobility got worse, there may be some other things that he could be trained to do, in which case they would for free retrain him or fly a trainer out to refresh as needed. But he, I haven't needed anything with him. He's He's incredible. And let's, uh, why don't you let our listeners know how you came to be? And, and I want to say on behalf of Pet Life Radio and all of our listeners, I want to thank you for your service and your family sacrifice. I appreciate you so much. Your journey started when Iraq 208, right? Oh, four. Oh, four. Yeah. I'm 42 now. You know, I'm still young. I won't say that I'm old, but I am seeing the brick wall at the end of the tunnel. I've been, I've been telling people it's uh, off in the distance. I can see the, the brick, but I'm still moving <laughs> down that tunnel. Old. Uh, well, my body, my body's older than I am. You know, my body's been through a little bit more than yeah, than sure. than your average forty year old guy. So, uh, so I actually, I was a corpsman with two one Marines. You mentioned that earlier. I was a corpsman, 
And then I went to uh, Fallujah, Iraq, 2004. Um, and as you can imagine, that was not a fun place to be. Nope. Uh, we were the first assault on Fallujah. We lived in the city for uh, for about seven weeks, I believe. And then later on in the end of our deployment, uh, we had about two, I think we had a little under two weeks left. And the first vehicle in in a, a medevac convoy got hit with an IED. And I jumped out and went running up to try to help. And the situation was just completely outside of our control uh, we were on a bridge. Normally, we would, you know, circle the wagons to try and make it as safe as possible, and it just wasn't possible to do so uh, because we were on an overpass. There was no way to get around. And 11 days before that, on Labor Day of 2004, we'd lost uh, most of my second squad to a suicide bomber. And so, you know, mentally and spiritually, we were very, very, very tired. That's the only way I know how to explain it. We were hurting, and it was just one more thing on top of everything else. So when I got hit, you know, when your medic, when your corpsman gets hit, it's never good for morale. And luckily, I was the last person to get hurt. Unfortunately, we did lose two men in the vehicle I was trying to get to, but uh, but there was a survivor, and and then I myself was the last person to get hurt in our entire company. So, you know, there's a, a weird blessing there because I just, I couldn't even rest until I knew that they were back, that my Marines were back home. And, and luckily we only had 11 days left. So there wasn't a lot of time for me to wait comparatively. I started, you know, trying to take care of myself. I ended up having over 30 surgeries. I was in the hospital for close to a year and a half. Um, I was at Bethesda and Walter Reed. I did all my physical therapy at Walter Reed and all my uh, surgeries at Bethesda. And no offense to Walter Reed, but I'm a Navy guy, so I consider it the best of both worlds. I got I got the Navy doctors and then and then the incredible Walter Reed physical therapy, just top notch. I know that they merged now, but at the time they were separated. That's a fantastic what they have so accomplished. I mean that one. Uh, what was it? The football player. What they did with him. Yeah. With his leg. What's his name? Smith, right? Yep. It's Smith. Yep. That's really, he was going to lose his leg. Yeah. It's incredible because you have people that have an opportunity to, because you can read all you want, but until you have hands-on experience. And so despite, obviously, war is an awful thing, but as a, a person in the medical field, at least generically in the medical field, uh, you know, in the dirt, I would say, of the medical field, you get to see the benefits of the medical technology. I mean, prosthetics, we can do things with mechanical prosthetics now that were only possible with computerized prosthetics. And we did all that. I mean, we jumped ahead probably two generations of prosthetics in a matter of a decade. Yeah. Some people that have fake hands, they can actually feel. Yes. And they can like pick up grapes. And I mean, absolutely hands should go before legs, but after, you know, after that, you know, it's, uh, it's our turn. So, so leg guy. So I ended up, um, you know, when I got hit, I ended up losing my left leg above the knee. And, and as I said, I went home, I had a brand new three month old daughter. I'd never even met. My wife was fantastic. She's great. She's still great. Um, I had a church sending me deer jerky from home. And if you can't get better on deer jerky, you just don't deserve to get better. And I'll, I'll die on that hill. But I realized that there was something missing because physically I was doing what I could and I just didn't feel like I had, I don't know, I, I kind of felt like giving up. I wasn't depressed from what I understood at the time in retrospect. I think I was, um, obviously, but I needed something else. And I, I went on a veteran trip and was able to find out about America's Vet Dogs from a facility dog that worked with Harvey at uh, as an occupational therapist at Walter Reed, but the just chocolate lab named Deuce. And I fell in love with the dog. He was just running around doing chocolate lab stuff. And then he, he said, Deuce, come. And the dog's entire demeanor changed. 
and I put application in for all the wrong reasons. You know, I grew up watching Lassie and Benji and I just, right. I, I knew the dog could help, but I had no clue what I was really getting myself into. And I mean that in the best way possible, because when I got Benjamin, it was a game changer for me. I was, I was up to about 270 pounds. I'm six, three. So, it, you know, it could have been worse. I could be like, you know, five, six, but I wasn't able to walk well. I've got, uh, you know, uh, my knees reconstructed, my ankles fused, my other leg is amputated above the knee. So I, I didn't like gaining weight for me is a serious issue that affects my whole life, my whole life. Yeah. Because it puts weight on the other, exactly. on, on the left leg. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I just fell in love with the program because Benjamin was trained to help me with that walking and mobility. He helped me to get in and out of the floor. He helped me with retrieval. I rolled over two cell phones in a wheelchair. I don't recommend that it's expensive. You must have an iPhone. I, oh, gosh. No, I had the LG chocolate. Oh. I, and, and the two phones I rolled over were both LG chocolates, broke both of them. One of them took a football bounce. Like one of them, I'll admit, okay, I kind of rolled back looking for it. But the other one fell in front of me like a foot and a half. And how I ended up behind me, I feel like, I don't know. There was some shenanigans there. So now when the dog comes to you, it does have certain things that it's able to do. But you have to train along with the dog, correct? Absolutely. The program actually has a two-week on-campus training course. And so Benjamin was already super trained. Galaxy was was even more trained because the program had grown from 2008 to 2017. You know, so but they have to teach me at that point. And, uh, and I learned a lot in that two-week on-campus training course. A lot of it is just how to manage the dog, how to take care of the dog, the health, and things like that. And then you get home and you learn so much more. You learn how the dog becomes such a part of the family and how important it is. And that's what made me fall in love with the idea and to start volunteering for America's Vet Dogs and get involved with people that that support what we do, like you guys that spread the word. I mean, this stuff is just huge. It's game-changing for people. Now, are they always Goldens, the retrievers? My first was a Golden. This He's a yellow lab, but we have black labs and, and a few chocolates sneak through as well but it's mostly labs because they love working they love working with people it really is about a good year and a half two years to get a dog to do what you need to do because sully came from vet dogs you know bush's dog yeah that's right that that iconic photo of him in front of his memorial yeah yeah i mean it was just a, a beautiful picture and we had no idea what that was going to do and on my end of it being in love with the idea of so i had a two-year gap when i didn't know about the program but i had an amazing support system no drug or alcohol issues whatsoever and it was still as somebody who had everything going for them that can go for them in that situation it was still the hardest thing i've ever done so I can't imagine what it's like for these guys and gals who don't have that support system, who don't have a strong marriage and do have to deal with it, with issues um, with, with, uh, you know, yeah. And, and things like that. And so, uh, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that nobody had that gap. And so that side of things, when that picture went viral, we just got really, I thought we thought it was going to be a huge, like people were going to start donating and actually it was applications. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were definitely people that, that found out about the program and donated, but what the huge explosion was, we ended up with a two-year waiting list instead of a 18 month waiting list. And it was looking like it was going to be longer. And we've actually managed that down to under a year now. Now the overall training for the dog can take 18 months or so, but from the time you apply, we can usually pair people up with a dog in under a year now. Like when you met Galaxy, it's got to be, you know, because mine's a shelter dog, Tilly. Yeah. But it was just the thing between us. It's like love at first sight or I'm going to love you forever. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's 
under two and I'm 71. So I'm a little bit nuts. She's a <laughs> big dog. Yeah. Powerful. But, you know, she's good, bad and wonderful, you know. But certainly, you know, I did have her trained and she's going to need continuous. She always finds she's so clever. She could knock things off the wall and leave the nails. That's funny. You know, every dog has its thing. You know, she's into paper and cardboard. And Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's spiteful if I should walk outside for a second to talk to somebody and I have a shirt hanging on the door. She'll just pull it down and. But, you know, I, I love her to bits and it's changed my life. I mean, I had cats for many, many years. You know, when you're single, cats are a lot easier. And I knew I wanted yeah. a different kind of relationship. But it has changed my life. Number one, we go to the dog park every day. She is definitely an athlete. And the people you meet, dog people, are wonderful. It's a whole different breed of people. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we became like a family. And, you know, all my neighbors know me because, uh, you know, I walk her a zillion times a day. Yeah. But it really is a wonderful thing. Like when you go out, she's in working mode or protective mode. Well, no, not never protective. And, and it's funny. You could beat me to death with a wooden spoon and Galaxy would be like, who's going to feed me now? <laughs> yeah, there's no protection and there's no protection side of it on our end. Uh, it's literally just mitigating a physical disability. And the reason why is because as a big organization, it can never be our fault if something goes wrong. So if, if we got bitten or if, and I've had dogs in the airport and it's better now because despite the crazy stuff that you have to do to fly on an airplane, it's really cut down on the random dogs that you run into. And so we haven't had a dog bark and lunge at us. We've had dogs bark in the airport, but we haven't had a dog like come after us in probably about three years now. So it's been nice. Yeah. Now, how old were you when you joined the service? I was 21. Okay. I was so a little bit older. It doesn't seem like older because every 21 year old that I know, you know, I was like, wow, was I really that young mentally? Was <laughs> When I went in and I I was. You would have stayed in if you didn't have your accident? I feel like I would have stayed in. And and I think that's because I still had uh, more opportunities. I was interested in both recon with the Marines. And then if I had not decided to go recon or if I could make the cut, I would have been interested in doing independent duty corpsman, which is it's almost like a, a doctor, but without being an officer. Right. But you were going to stay with the medical. Yeah, I would have stuck with medical and I really liked the Marines. I would have done whatever I could to stay with the Marines. But after I got hurt, they didn't kick me out. They they literally said, if you want to stay in, and I had a good relationship with the Navy. I had a good, they treated me well and the Marines loved me to death, which is easy. All you got to do is when they're filling sandbags, you go out there and fill sandbags with them. Just don't, just don't be lazy. That's all they care about. Just show up when they need you. And I did that. And, um, but they, they did a good job of taking care of me and offered me to stay in the military, but I would have been doing things like shot records and things like that. And after doing what I did like in Fallujah, it wouldn't have felt genuine to me because that's not why I went in the military. That That's just not my type of personality. So, Yeah, because I always like to ask people if they didn't stay in, you know, what would they have done? You know, what would their yeah. college and then what? Because there are a lot of, a, a lot of opportunities with the military. You know, it's me getting hurt opened up a lot of opportunities for me in a good. lot of ways. Exactly. Uh, you know, not just good parking, but also, <laughs> you know, the, the people that I've met, you know, I, I fell in love with the people and the dogs at America's Vet Dogs before I fell in love with the idea, just the interactions I had with those people. And and I've had the same interactions with, with other people too. Like, you know, Bill Jack 
was uh, the first time I met them, I didn't know who they were. I'd never used, you know, I'd never done any of their dog food. I'd, I'd never even tried it. So I didn't know, you know, whether they were good, bad or ugly. And they treated me like family when I met them. And so, you know, it's it's great because I feel like it's opened up so many doors for me that I feel like I have avenues of career even. Right. If you wanted to do something. If I wanted to do something different, I wanted to get into sales. I could even reach out to Bill Jack, but I love working for America's Vet Dogs. I love what I do. You do TED Talks. That would be so interesting. That would be such a, you know, it's funny. I've done a bunch of like interview type things, but my favorite thing I've ever done is I was on the cover of Scholastic Magazine. You know, the kids magazine? Oh my God. Yes. It's iconic. Wonderful. For me, that's like my vanity fair. Like there's none. That's like being time man of the year. I know. I There's nothing that they could, like in the military, I got, you know, I ended up getting, you know, bronze star with valor and, and uh, you know, a couple of Navy achievement medals. But the thing I'm most proud of in the military is I got a motivator award when I was going through school because it was a group of like 200 people and there was a guy chosen and a girl chosen for motivator um, and just basically is the person that pushed everybody the most and was always like encouraging and, you know, leadership. And I'm more proud of that little piece of paper that I got there than anything that I did because I, I care about my effect on the people around me. I want to be positive. I want people to meet me and be encouraged by that. Well, if they saw you the way I saw you, and that was what a year ago, yeah. you are fit. So it's not a scary thing because I think I remember visiting a friend in D.C., and I guess it was Ronald Reagan Airport. They were coming back from a ski trip, and I have to tell you, most of them had one limb. It was heartbreaking. But we're in war, and that war is hell. Yeah. And you have to expect that. And that's why right now we have our troops everywhere, but we're not in active fighting, thank God. Yeah. That hasn't been since I was a kid, but it's not scary. Like if when people meet you, you're fit. It's not like, you know, what people would think or the old days. What was that movie since you've been gone or something? When oh, the, yeah. When the guy had the hook and he was a real guy. Yeah. You know, he had a hook for a hand. It's not like that anymore. I didn't think it was going to be like this either. Um, You know, I didn't have anyone to really look up to when I got hurt for a long time, you know, as the internet grew, there, there's loads of really impressive people out there. But two things happened. One, I saw a guy in the mall that was in really good shape. And I was impressed by him, not because of what he looked like, but because of the discipline I knew it took for him to get there. And I wanted that. And I knew it was in me somewhere. And then there, I saw a Men's Health magazine. I can't find who it was, but there was a guy in a wheelchair who had just like this build you wouldn't believe. And I, and I, I, I was like, man, I really, if he can do that without being able to run and do cardio to lose weight, then I know I can do it. And I, you know, I found a good trainer and started eating a little bit better and sort of got caught up in it. And my life is better mentally and spiritually because it's better physically. Well, you're very blessed that you have a wonderful family to back you and you don't, you know, you're not sad or depressed and sitting home eating popcorn and smoking cigarettes and you know galaxy get me a beer you know <laughs> i should get you a beer he probably would but I, you know, I don't even drink i'm boring so but I, it, a lot of that is to do the support system and, and part of that is knowing that i have america's vet dogs it's knowing that i have the help of being able to call them and say hey i'm having this issue and they don't just care because it's like their job they care about me as a human being 
And, uh, and so, you know, when, you know, when I started hanging out with Bill Jack Moore, when I started hanging out and doing like public speaking for America's vet dogs, I started gravitating towards people who do what they say they're going to do. You know, you told me when we met, you were going to have me on your show. And, uh, and here we are. I like people like that. I like people who say something and they mean well, it. Well, I texted you and I emailed you, but I didn't hear back from you, but I, and I looked for you this year. You weren't there at the pet expo. I didn't get to come to the pet expo. And, and if I if didn't get your email, I will go through and I will absolutely apologize. I'll own up to that. If I didn't see your email, I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if it's uh, like yeah, a spam filter or whether like before I remember everything you said, but you know, I wanted to ask you now when, and if, I mean, dogs, you know, today are living longer, hopefully, but you'll always have a dog, right? Yeah. Oh, from, yeah. from the agency. I mean, from, from, uh, from the vet, yeah, from America's vet dogs. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's what about 30, 40 grand to train these dogs. It can be up to $50,000 depending on what, you know, what's needed. And, and the reason being is that, you know, for some people, these people's lives are, are in these dogs hand they have 911 buttons it's nightmare interruption it's it's catching things before they get bad there's like a very specific window in somebody's life where they can get help and and you know this stuff's expensive and so that's why we you know we work so hard to build these relationships with people and it's also for first responders like firemen exactly firemen policemen that's right and a lot of them are looking for the dogs also yeah, well, you know, especially, you know, being based out of New York, you know, that's a huge, yeah, that's a huge thing. And so uh, people who do the the fundraising, people who do what they say they're going to do is what really stands out to us. And I love Bill Jack so much. They've raised over $2 million for us, which is just wild amounts of money. Well, hopefully our listeners could donate some money. So tell us again oh, that would be what the website is. Yeah, it's vetdogs.org. And they've also, there's a dog treat out with my goofy face on it. But Galaxy and Benji are on two different bags. You can cross my face out if you need to. But the dogs are cute and they're still there. But they've got, a Bill Jack has a dog treat, the America's Vet Dogs treat. And proceeds from that go towards America's Vet Dogs. But if you want to know more about Vet Dogs itself or to apply or donate, you can go to vetdogs.org. And I think they have an area there to donate or inquire. That's it. Yeah. Right at the top. As soon as you go to the website at uh, vetdogs.org, there's a button that says apply now. And then there's another button that says uh, donate. And then there's another thing across the top. They like people to foster. I know a while yeah. they were looking for people uh, to foster the dogs. Our volunteers are incredible. You know, when COVID happened and we were not able to, nobody knew what was going on. And I mean, even to this day, you know, but we needed people to be able to take dogs and we didn't know whether it was going to be short term or long term. And our volunteers just showed up and took these dogs in because we couldn't have people going to the the breeding center every day, like a normal job. Everything was shut down, especially in New York. And our volunteers just showed up. And so, yeah, if there's a thing across the top, when you go to vetdogs.org, that says how to help. And you can apply to to be a, uh, a a puppy raiser or a weekend puppy raiser, which the people that have the prisoners that, that train the dogs on the weekend, those dogs go out and get socialized. So they'll, people like you, you know, taking their dog to the dog park, you might run into somebody with a, a vet dog in training who's needs that socialization. I hope so. Yep. That would be wonderful. I know the prison, they do it with horses also. Oh, really? Prisons, yeah. The prisons, you know, out west, they'll, they'll train some horses. Oh. But it's really big with the dogs. And they seem to do a very good job. 
Yeah. You know, it's just too bad they're there. That have been a detriment. Yeah, they're stuck, you know, and so they have more time than somebody like you or I who has to do a normal job as well. But they also have a desire to put back into the world. Some of them are very mature in, in their lives in what they've done. And they're at a point where they realize that they want to have a positive impact on the world. And I actually went to Connecticut and went to uh, two of our prison programs up there. Wow. I mean, it was so humbling to meet these men who were being vulnerable and showing their excitement in front of all these other prisoners, which is the stuff that on the movies and things like that, you know, and all these shows, you're just like to be vulnerable and show emotion like that in front of people, but they all trusted one another and they all were working together and supporting one another. And it was really beautiful. It really was beautiful. Dogs bring out the best in people. They have to. I mean, because they love you unconditionally. Uh Uh-huh. There's no such thing as a bad hair day when you have a dog. No, you're right. And they don't care, you know, if you got a metal leg, you know, I got a metal leg. He doesn't care. He just wants to know that I'm that I'm here and that I, you know, I'm feeding him and and that, you know, every once in a while we're gonna go go on walks and go uh, go to the park or yeah, I've got a trip going out of town next week and then we got the VFW conference in two weeks, a little over two weeks. You do a lot of traveling, right? It happens in bunches. You know, I didn't travel for a while there during, you know, COVID. It seems like the start of this year, they were like, we're getting our money's worth out of out of Joe. And, uh, and, and I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the traveling. I've missed it. It's just my battery isn't what it used to be. You know, used to, I'd go on a trip and be ready to go on another one. And now it's like, I need, I need a couple of weeks at home before they fly me out again, because I'm just, yeah. I need to sleep in my own bed for a few nights. And no problems when you, because there's a service store going to hotels and stuff, right? Almost unequivocally fantastic experiences, but people, gen, you know, tend to treat you the way you treat them. And so, you know, I got to do my part. He's got to be clean. He's got to be well-behaved. And and I try to be informative and nice. So when I show up, you know, I'm not like, the first thing I say isn't, I've got a service dog and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, he's protected by the ADA. It's literally just being nice to people and everybody's really supportive. I've hardly ever had it. It's gotten better as with, you know, President Bush and things like that. I think that really sort of, there was an information explosion there for everybody. and, And so many people learned, you know, what these dogs can do for people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think the dog for him was mostly company because I don't think at that point, he was that active, but yeah, it was a lot of it was the companionship side of it, but there were retrieval tasks and things that Sully was trained for. But unfortunately there wasn't a lot of time, you know, cause after Miss Barbara passed away, yeah, you know, I think he was, you know, ready to do his thing. Um, they lived in, in long lives. Life. He lived a long active life. As far as presidents go, he was one of the most fit Yeah, when he was younger. Yep. It's a wonderful thing. I saw that picture of you. I think you're sitting on something. I don't know. Like, it's not really furniture. It's like, I don't know. It's like a piece of art you're sitting on. And you're like, the art. So I was actually at a uh, Atlanta United thing and they were doing photo shoots for all the players. So they had all this stuff professionally set up. They just said, hey, go sit down over there. We'll take a picture of you. What a powerful picture. It's one of my favorite pictures of myself. I was going to ask you if I could use it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that picture. It's it's hard to make me flattering, uh, you know, sitting beside a dog. So <laughs> once somebody looks at 
at the lake, they go right up to the face. Well, for better or for worse, that's probably true. Yeah, it's not like the guy with the hook anymore. I forget sometimes. You know, it, a lot of people in my dreams, I, I generally have two legs because I, I, I don't really see myself that way, which, you know, is, is kind of a weird side thought. But I, I just I love the psychology of people. And I, I delve into my I'm always thinking about myself as far as like, you know, introspection of just like, you know, how to improve myself, how to be better. And, you know, it's interesting to me that that a lot of people with one leg that seem to be doing well tend to remember themselves in dreams as being perfectly normal. And running or swimming or... Yeah. You know the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon movies? Yeah, I've heard of so, them. Oh, so basically they're on wires. And so for some reason in my dreams, a lot of the times I can like get my hand on a tree limb and I can just sort of launch myself and it's like moon gravity. So I'm just sort of slowly going over the trees. And so I never, I'm never like flying in my dreams, but in a weird sort of way, I'm kind of like gliding in my dreams. That happens all the time. It's like such a, I enjoy them. I always wake up in a good mood after one of those. Do uh, the vet, the vet dogs also uh, provide dogs for people with PTSD or it's just mostly physical? No, we do a lot of PTSD tasks. And and so most of the time, our PTSD are related to an injury or a TBI of some sort. But we do have dogs that are trained just for PTSD as a primary diagnosis, depending on, you know, the goal being, can we help this person? And so that's what it comes down to is every person is different. You know, not everyone who has PTSD has symptoms that could be mitigated by nightmare interruption or uh, things like that. So for instance, PTSD I may have is mostly just not enjoying like bassy sounds that I don't see where they're coming from. Um, I don't really have bad dreams. I don't really have anything at this time. Uh, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but so for instance, a dog wouldn't be able to really help with that. I don't have a lot of social anxiety or things like that. So I'm not somebody who my PTSD could really be helped much outside of that one command in that picture, that rest command where galaxy's got his head laid in my lap and he's, he's looking up at me. Right. That's actually a, a PTSD command called rest. And it's supposed to be just a lock eyes reset. I didn't ask him to train for that, but it's sort of standard now. And I'm glad because it's one, I love it. It's just sort of like when everything's crazy, I'm in the airport and there's a thousand people around. It's a good way for him and I both to just look at each other and be like, all right, Let's just do our thing over here. Let's, you know, it's like a reset. When I first started to uh, get Tilly trained, the first thing they taught us was focus, where she looks at me. Oh, yeah. And touch, where she, she'll come and she'll lick my palm. Oh. And that's like a connection. Always. And no matter how mischievous she is, she will always come and touch my hands. Oh. So it's like what you said, a rest. Yeah. But I think also the, the gal that helped train her with me and was still going to be in training, she also um, trains uh, for people that do have PTSD, you know, bad relationships. or yeah. And of course, how is Galaxy with the fireworks? You know, it's so funny. He doesn't even care. Benji would have been in my lap. I, we took him to fireworks because I didn't want to leave him home one time. And he literally just buried his head in my lap. And usually the dogs are trained to be fine with sounds. And Benji was until he got a little bit older. And then he didn't, you know, care for him that much. But, you know, every dog's different. And Galaxy doesn't give a rip. He'll be out in the yard. He'll be asleep beside me while they're shooting fireworks off, you know, 100 yards away. And he's just... Wow. He'll take belly rubs. He don't care. Yeah. I had to give Tilly like a little crumb of a pill. Oh, I bet. 
Yeah, she doesn't like that. She doesn't like thunder. How do they train bomb sniffing dogs? Is it kind of the same way? Because my dog, I teach her all kinds of scents, you know, coffee and fruits and, you know, because they are, she needs a job for sure. I'd like to get her into agility, but she is scent driven more than tree driven. How do they, they train for dogs in the military? Because there's a bond there too. They do it incrementally. So for instance, they won't just be like, find a bomb. They'll find a specific scent that is only used, whether it's sulfur or or whatever, for these types of things, and they know what to look for. So for instance, there are dogs that are trained to look for for like thumb drives, which sounds crazy to me because like, what's a dog going to do, smell electronics? But it's actually, they have targeted this specific type of glue that works with heat. You know, wow. and they use it in all electronics and there's just really no way around it. But that, that glue to a dog has a very specific scent. And so they just pick one scent that is unique to what they're looking for. And the dogs are trained to seek that scent. Wow. I met this guy at one of the dog parks and he has a, a drug sniffing dog. And I asked him how he says they put a straw in a box and when the dog goes to the straw, even empty, they give them a treat. And then they work from there because I said, you know, I want to see what your dog could do. Yeah. So I, I said, let me bring some a drug with me. <laughs> and I go to the park that day and the guy isn't there. And oh, I'm fine. so worried driving home. I'll get stopped. And, you know, I'll tell the guy, this, the policeman, the story. Well, you know, I wanted to see what, you know, what the dog did. Because this is an experiment. Yeah, it's an I experiment. Swear. I swear. And then, the next I'm going to use that I, if I ever get pulled over with something. Yeah. I don't have anything, but if I yeah. do, that's that's my go-to. But um, the next time I went, it was so hot. You know, I'm in Florida. Yeah. That the dog couldn't smell because it was panting. So oh, yeah. So they keep them in the air conditioner cars. Yeah. But that was really funny. But what a... I mean, and that dog doesn't really get along with a lot of other dogs, but yeah, that's how they do it. But, you know, Tilly, she knows the, well, first of all, who doesn't like the smell of coffee? Yeah. I mean, she loves when I make coffee and she has to be there when I set it up. So I just started, you know, cinnamon, orange, garlic, whatever I have, I figured why not? And she feels like she's doing something. <laughs> yeah. Just let them sniff. Yeah. This has really been fun. I'm glad you're doing oh, it's been great. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'll have you on again and, uh, you know, keep well and happy and uh, thriving. And maybe the next time at the expo, I'll get to pet Galaxy. Yeah, I'll make sure because you, you having to wait two years is not fair yeah. for you or him. Well, at least I knew enough to ask. And, you know, when when yeah. he's in mode to to do his job i don't want to uh but there were a lot of really fun dogs there that year yeah there were a couple of them I, was that the one i think somebody had a uh like a peacock or something there oh i didn't see that but there was this one dog tucker that every time i threw the ball up didn't matter where it was that dog caught it and i'm talking that's funny where it was was that a border collie yeah uh, but I was about to say, it's a, they're just like the most athletic dogs I've ever seen in my life. You see the dog locked eyes on that ball. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I spent so much. I must have done it 50, 60 times. <laughs> and the dog's had- like, I have to catch. It's impulsive, yeah, but you're killing yeah. me. <laughs> no, I love that people bring their animals there. It's yeah. a lot of fun. We're going to be there again next year. I like going there. 
It's fun. You meet the most wonderful people. You really do. You know, animal people. Yep. For that year, all the beds were circular. Now all the beds are like oblong, you know. Oh, yeah. When I had a dog when I grew up, they didn't have beds. They slept on the floor or rug or something. Even Galaxy's got a cot upstairs that he sleeps on. It's like a foot off the floor. Or not a foot, but it's, you know, it's like eight inches off the floor. It's good for their back. They have that, you know, when I bring uh, Tilly to uh, the resorts if uh, for an overnight or if I go away, they have them all raised. Even the shelter I got her at had them raised. I think it's good for their back. Yeah. Once I got her a blanket, that made all the difference. She knew she was home because she was left out in a cage. You know, oh, well, I yeah. she was, you know, she was fully grown, but she's the best thing to ever happen to me. Really, truly. I'm blessed. And I want to thank you again for coming on. I want to thank Mark. I want to thank Tilly for making me a dog mommy and uh, to live life unleashed. And everybody be well. Enjoy the rest of the summer. See you next time. Bye bye. Let's talk pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.